Chapter 8 of Lancashire Characters and Places by Thomas Newbigging. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Larks of Dean. Compared with these, Italian trills are tame. Burns. In a memorandum book or diary kept by Sir Ralph Ashton, a hospitable Lancashire baronet of the 17th century, and under date the year 1676, occurs the following entry. Christmas, given the Rossendale players ten shillings. The musicians of Rossendale Forest are not of yesterday's growth. They are a venerable race and can count their congeners back through the centuries. Our truest of Lancashire poets, Edwin Waugh, had them vividly before his mind's eye when he penned his droll story of the barrel organ, over which may often be seen laughter holding both his sides. But though they may be taken at a disadvantage with the formal and new-fangled squalling boxes, which are regulated by clockwork and troll forth their music by the yard, as a carding engine measures out its sliver, place before them the glorious choruses of Handel and Hayden, and the creations of these masters in the empire of harmony find ready interpreters and strongly appreciative minds. Neither of late years has the renown of the Rossendale players diminished as recent events have sufficiently proved. This is the more gratifying when it is remembered, as an old admirer of theirs remarked, that they are nearly all working lads. The inhabitants of the Dean Valley have long been celebrated for their excellence as musicians, both vocal and instrumental, and it is from this fact that their appellation of Dane Layrocks has arisen. From records more than a century and a half old, we learn that they were in the habit of meeting in each other's houses by turns, and practising together the compositions, sacred and secular, which our country can boast in such rich abundance. Many pieces of their own composing bear the impress of ability far beyond mediocrity, and deserve to be more generally known. Some of these have, indeed, already gone abroad into the world, and are sung in places widely apart, being admired by those who are unable to localise either their origin or authorship. I have in my possession a collection, in manuscript, of no fewer than fifty sacred pieces, consisting of psalm tunes and chants, composed by residents of the Dean Valley, and of other parts of Rossendale, several of whom are still living. Large as this number is, I have reason to believe that it is but a fractional part of what might be collected in the locality. Some of the names given to the pieces are characteristic of the dry humour of the authors, a quality which is largely possessed by many of the old inhabitants of the forest. Among the list we find Happy Simeon, Little Amen, Bocking Warp, Strong Samson, Old Methuselah, and Spanking Roger. Amusing are the stories that are told of the modes in which the enthusiasm of the Layrocks is or was displayed in the pursuit of the musical art. In handloom days, when every man's house was his workshop, it was usual for the Daners to repair to each other's houses alternately after the Sunday service at the chapel, and continue their practice of music far into the small hours of the Monday morning. And on rising, after a brief repose, the day was spent in a similar manner. Very often the Tuesday also was devoted to the like purpose. But sound, however sweet, is but sorry food for empty stomachs, and consequently, during the remaining days of the week, the loom had to be plied with unremitting vigour to supply the ever-recurring wants of the household. 
it is related of two of the layrocks father and son that they had long been busy trying to master a difficult piece of music one with the violin and the other with the violoncello but were still unable to execute certain of the more intricate movements to their satisfaction they had put their instruments aside for the night and had retired to rest after his first sleep the younger enthusiast in ruminating over the performance of the evening thought that if he might only rise and attempt the piece then he should be able to manage it creeping from under the bedclothes he awoke his father who also arose and soon the two in their shirts might have been seen through the unscreened window flourishing their bows at an hour when ordinary mortals are laid unconscious in the arms of somnus the lonely traveller had there been one at that untimely hour would surely like tamashanta as he passed by alloway's old haunted kirk have felt his hair rising on end at the sight of the two ghostly individuals scraping music at the dead of night and in such unwanted attire the impression produced on my mind by a visit made some years ago in the month of june to the oldest chapel at lum on the occasion of the anniversary services there will not easily be effaced from my memory it was a field day among the dane lay rocks and they mustered in strength as though bent on maintaining the reputation they have acquired for their musical displays the singer's gallery was thronged to excess in the forefront was a dazzling row of buxom girls with ruddy faces and sparkling eyes the picture of that rosy health which the fresh and bracing air of the hillside imparts and all were decked out in bonnets newly trimmed with artificial flowers and ribbons of the brightest hue in every variety of colour and arrangement neither in their other apparel was there any lack of neatness many of the girls displaying superior taste and dressing in a manner approaching to elegance for weeks before the anniversary sundays of the various places of worship throughout rossendale those who ply the needle and thread have a busy time of it for it is the custom of the single lasses to appear at church or chapel on those occasions in the finery which has to serve the purpose of dazzling the eyes and captivating the hearts of the rural swains during the intervening twelve months but this is a digression behind the girls were the males of every age from the youthful tyro to the hoary and spectacled patriarchs of the valley and in the rear were the instrumentalists among whom the fiddlers large and small predominated the mellow flute and the clarionet had their representatives and dotted here and there might be seen a brass instrument reflecting the bright sunshine that gleamed through the windows of the humble edifice i entered just as the musicians were completing the tuning of their instruments and found the chapel crowded in every part soon the minister ascended to the pulpit and opened the service by giving out the noble hymn of dr watts come let us join our cheerful songs with angels round the throne ten thousand thousand are their tongues but all their joys are one the tune selected by the leader of the choir was nativity and with a precision that long practice had rendered easy and which sir charles halley would have admired had he been there to listen the whole body of singers and instrumentalists struck briskly off into the fine old lilting measure the deep bass of the violoncellos and manly voices alternating with the treble and alto of the lesser instruments and the sweet clear silver tones of the females in the frequent repetition of the lines with reverent voice the minister then perused the sacred volume 
his lucid comments enforcing the truths of holy writ and with marvellous power bringing home the bible narrative to the experiences of our common humanity not less impressive and effectual was the earnest prayer spoken in that homely vigorous saxon which needing no interpreter is all-powerful to touch the heart the hymn which followed the prayer was one familiar to many readers god of the seas thy thundering voice makes all the raging waves rejoice and one soft word tis thy command can sink them silent in the sand and this being sung to glad tidings the effect produced upon the unsophisticated mind by the noble lines of the poet and the weird exultant music may be more easily imagined than described compared with this how poor religion's pride in all the pomp of method and of art when men display to congregations wide devotions every grace except the heart but the great treat of the afternoon was when the sermon being concluded the hallelujah chorus was given by the choir the fervent enthusiastic countenances of the men many of whom were awkward and even clownish in their dress and appearance contrasting finely with the less serious but not less earnest and expressive faces of the female portion of the rural choir as the grand anthem within no walls confined rose heavenward to the great eternal who is the subject and burden of its strain neither was the singing limited to the choir the majority of the congregation were familiar with the song and loud hallelujahs filled the house of god End of chapter 8